1: in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.
1: It's time to play like a Jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a Jet, what does that mean? Gotta be feeling good about what Mike White's done today. On third and four, he'll look to
0: throw. In zone, Moore! Touchdown, Jets! Mike White, how about him? Elijah Moore! Got it. Breaking away. Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson's still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up.
1: He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees
0: Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning. 62 yards for the touchdown. Rodgers in trouble again. And he's sacked again by Quinn and Williams. What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets. Listen. Thank
3: from the play dot com digital studio, This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at play like a jet one. And it is time to talk about the Jets and the Jaguars. This is the post-game report. Thursday night football, the Jaguars win this one nineteen three. This was as bad a performance as you could ever get from a football team that was fighting for their playoff life on national television in front of their home crowd. This was pathetic. We'll break it all down for you, though, with our friend who covers the Jets for NJ.com, Andy Vasquez. Andy, what's going on, man?
2: Happy holidays. How are you doing, Scott?
3: (laughs) Merry Christmas, you filthy animal, as they said in Home Alone. This was as bad of a Christmas gift as the Jets could give their fan base, especially considering how windy and rainy and disgusting it was out there tonight. I guess the only saving grace is that it wasn't that cold, so that was a positive. But this was ugly in every way. The defense had one of their worst performances of the year. I know that ultimately they only gave up 19 points, but the Jaguars just moved the ball on them all day long. Trevor Lawrence showed Jets fans exactly why they should be depressed that the Jets missed out on him in the NFL draft and why so many fans were rooting for the Jets to get that pick in 2020. He was looking like Josh Allen tonight. Seven carries, 51 yards, a touchdown, 20 of 31, 229 yards passing. Travis Etienne ran the ball for 83 yards. Evan Engram was a player that the Jets just could not contain. On defense. And the defensive pass rush just went by the wayside after some early success. Quinn and Williams was able to sack Trevor Lawrence and strip him of the football, leading to a field goal. Those were the only points the Jets got that was very early in the game. In fact, it was the first drive for the Jaguars. Quinn and Williams played very well. It's a good thing he played in this game. Otherwise, there'd be very few highlights to choose from. Solomon Thomas, another player who actually had a rare, solid performance. In this game and we'll get to the quarterback situation in a second Andy but first let's talk about the rest of this team the run game non-existent the leading rusher outside of the quarterbacks for the Jets Ty Johnson two carries For seven yards receiving it's funny you look at it Michael Carter had five catches for 44 yards almost doesn't seem possible on a night like this that anybody even had 44 yards Garrett Wilson poor kid all he needed was 34 yards to crack a thousand he had 30 so he's stuck at 996 now you assume he'll be able to break it sometime in the next two weeks but still would have been nice to see him do it tonight and like I said, on the defensive side of the ball, and Williams had himself a nice game, had that sack and the strip at the beginning, also had a pass deflection too, and Solomon Thomas played well, but the rest of this team on defense was gassed. They just didn't have much left. They look lifeless. And we should also not spare Braden Mann, who punted horribly all day as well. So just a terrible team effort all the way around, Andy. Like I said, this might have been their worst overall game of the season.
2: Yeah, and if we're gonna do holiday movie quotes, uh, earmuffs for anybody who has children listening. <laughs> but the uh, Christmas vacation quote, "shitter's full." This was the version of that for the Jets. I mean, it was just an absolute disaster uh, in all phases. Like that, the Braden man punt for for one. I mean, he had a punt that went, I think, twenty seven yards, and they had a fifteen yard uh, penalty from mm-hmm. Justin Hardy on the end of it. Uh, So it's a 12-yard net punt. And it didn't end up mattering because it was the second half and the game was out of hand. But as you said with the defense, the numbers are a little deceiving because they gave up more than 250 yards in the first half. Um, They were just outclassed in every way. Uh, They they seemed to be – they were in zone, and and Lawrence was picking them apart. They went to man, um, and he started running all over them. They just didn't have an answer. And and Doug Peterson called a masterful game, and it could have been worse. I mean, he had – there were situations – on fourth down and three, where they, they kicked a 45 yard field goal. They easily could have gone for it. There was no reason to believe the defense was going to stop them there because I don't know what it ended up as. But six of the first 10 third downs um, the Jags converted on, it, it was just a bad day for the defense. And it started out so promisingly with the third play of the game on third down Quinn and Williams sacks. Trevor Lawrence forces the fumble. The Jets take over at the 19. And then they get negative three yards from there. Mm-hmm. and. That's kind of how it went. It it just was bad in the first half. The first half ended with the Jets throwing a Hail Mary when they weren't in Hail Mary range. Don't understand that one really. Um, It got intercepted. That was Zach Wilson's only interception of the night. But, I mean, I think he finished 50%. We'll we'll get into that. But, I mean, it was was just awful all around. And and even when, you know, there were so many penalties, I thought the most interesting penalty of the game Came in the first half they put Stravler in the game his first play and everyone on the on the offensive line the defender jumps mm-hmm. and then we didn't see him again until the second half it may have been a different game if you start mixing him with zach wilson and, and at least having some positive production there because clearly mm-hmm. the jags weren't ready for that mm-hmm. um and, and it could have been a spark and it could have been it could have worked because it was early enough in the game where i don't think salah would have sat wilson he had no choice uh, given the way everything was developing um, as that game went on, it, it would have been – I mean, the Jets – the fans booed Zach Wilson as he came onto the field um, before before Salah took him out on, on with about three minutes left in the third quarter. So it, it was just ugly, man. It was so ugly, and, and I feel bad for these fans because it was a night that was nasty weather-wise. It, it kind of ended up being nicer at the end of the game, but the wind was swirling, and the, there weren't as many people here as there have been pretty much for every other game, but these people were into it. They were jacked up. They were going nuts when Quinn enforced that fumble to start the game, and then um, it just got ugly, and understandably so, because that was hard to watch for everyone involved
1: 18 plus play like a jet play like a jet
3: there's no way around this Andy Zach Wilson was terrible and we can blame the offensive line in part certainly they did a poor job there's no question about it like you said the penalties hurt because it kept backing the Jets up that was awful too because it kept putting the offense in bad situations We can talk about how the running game got absolutely nothing going. Like I said, Ty Johnson, two carries for seven yards. And that wasn't even until later in the game. It was Zonovan Bam Knight who ended up with negative two yards on six carries. So all of those things factored into this. But Zach Wilson just simply couldn't move the ball. There's an interception on the stat sheet, but that doesn't really matter because it was at the end of the first half and he was just chucking it up on a Hail Mary. However... That made up for the fact that earlier in the first half, Zach Wilson on a second-and-21 inexplicably just chucked the ball up in the air into double coverage and forced Corey Davis to become a defensive back. At a certain point, you had to figure that the Jets had to do something, anything, and they finally did late in the third quarter. They went to Chris Strebler off the bench. Now, we'll get to this when we talk about what was said in the press room afterwards, Andy. The excuse that Robert Sala gave for why Strevler came into this game is he was just trying to spark the running game, which of course is ridiculous because he left Strevler in there in obvious passing situations. Strevler came in, immediately sparked the offense. They were able to drive all the way down the field. Now they didn't finish the drive and ended up stalling inside the 20, but it was the best the Jets had done. All night. Strevler ended up with nine carries for 54 yards, 10 of 15 for 90 yards. However, Andy, this could have potentially turned if Chris Strevler hit CJ Ozama in stride once he came into that game. Ozama was wide open. It was an easy touchdown. Unfortunately, Strevler threw the ball low. Ozama was able to make the grab and get a first down past midfield, but if Strevler had actually hit him in stride or even hit him in the chest, he probably runs all the way for a touchdown. And at that point, now you're looking at the Jets only being down 16-10 with almost the full fourth quarter left. They might have had an opportunity to do something. That was really their last guess, though, when they weren't able to score a touchdown on that drive. And so ultimately... It ends up being a 19-3 victory for the Jaguars, and it wasn't even as close as it sounds because that's a two-score game. Jaguars completely dominated, and I don't want to say that Zach Wilson was the only reason because he wasn't, but he was a major contributing factor to this, and I think it's now got to be clear that no matter what happens these next two games, whether Wilson plays or not, we'll see. But the Jets are going to have to look elsewhere for a solution at quarterback in 2023. Maybe they sit Zach Wilson for the year, try and rehabilitate him. But there's no way they're going to be able to go into next season with Zach Wilson as the presumed starter. He looked absolutely lost. Again, not entirely his fault. But he just isn't ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL right now.
2: Yeah, and that was always the risk. I mean, I said this weeks ago. Everybody said, are you, are you risking losing Zach Wilson by benching him? And I, my argument was you're, you're risking losing him by playing him against mm-hmm. the Bears in front of this home crowd. Mm-hmm. And tonight we saw exactly what that looks like, and it was not good. How can you pitch to the fan base that this guy is your starting quarterback next year, and, and what kind of damage did you do to his confidence when you not only benched him for Mike White, but now you benched him for a guy with 140-something career passing yards? Um and he's 27 years old, and, and has been on like five different NFL teams. And I'm not no disrespect to Chris Trubler, um, he sparked the offense, did a better job than Zach Wilson tonight. But you also saw why no other team has picked him up because um, that was an easy throw to make to CJ Izama and he, he missed it badly. And it was a great catch by Izama to get 30 yards out of it. But it, it, I mean, it could have been a touchdown, and he missed some other throws, and also. um, he still might have scored a touchdown on that drive. If Corey Davis catches a pass on third down, it was right in his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was a bad, bad drop by Corey Davis. But um, it's it's just, you, you know, I thought you could go into next year and, and maybe pitch a competition between Zach Wilson and Mike White or, or something in training camp. But at, at this point, the only way Zach Wilson is going to be the quarterback of this team is if he's here as the backup next year. And somebody gets hurt and he has to go in the game and, and he he's, looks like a different quarterback than right now because um, it's just toxic. I mean, it's toxic. Uh, and can you blame Jets fans? Like why, after everything, you know, the way he kind of, the way he comported himself um, off the field, the way he's played on it, uh, I will say, and we'll get into this later, he was um, as bad as he handled things against the, after the Patriots game. He was uh, the opposite tonight. It was – I can't imagine how difficult that was the whole situation for him. And, and he sat there asked, answered a bunch of questions and was was still in the locker room talking with with his teammates after that. Um, I, I mean, I don't know what how I'd feel after a night like tonight. I'd probably just want to sit in a dark room alone for a couple of days. Um, so I'll give him credit for that, but um it's it's a it's kind of a too little too late. would have been a lot better if he had handled everything that's happened since he's been here the way he did tonight, um, off the field. And that's a factor too. But like, I mean, you just saw it. The fans are done with him and it's something is it's going to have to change drastically because, um, it's just, you can't go into the season next year, marching that guy for the home opener out here and, and expecting people to be any different unless they start on the road and win three, three straight games with them or something. Um, because, what reason do they have to believe in him after what we saw not just tonight and tonight was bad, but after what we've seen in, in 22 starts
3: and you have to imagine that unless Mike White's ribs magically healed, there's no point to risking his health and sending him out there. And as far as Chris Trevler goes to build on your point, he clearly is not a full time quarterback. We knew that already. I do like him a lot in certain packages for trick plays, sort of the Brad Smith, Taysom Hill kind of role. So I do think that maybe he sticks around in that capacity, but clearly he's not a guy that can be a full-time quarterback because the more you see him, the less effective he is. If he's limited 5 to 10 snaps or something like that, that's really where he can give you some bang for your buck. Anything going on in terms of injuries tonight, Andy?
2: I think Will Parks left. You know, honestly, we didn't get into that after the game, solid for understandable reasons. But I think Will Parks was the only guy I remember seeing leave, um, and that's it. And, and just to go back with the Mike White point, um, you know, my understanding is at a certain point, if his ribs are healed, and it's not out of the the realm of possibility that it will be um, to the point where it's not a, a risk to put him out there against the Seahawks. I I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. And I don't think it's a bad idea because at this point you've got to evaluate Mike White further Mm -hmm. heading into next year and, and and a see what you have in him. And, and for, for a number of reasons, uh, you know, maybe the jets, if the jets don't play him, you're almost denying him a chance to raise his value. Um, And, and I don't think that would be fair to him. I mean, he deserves, especially if there's any chance that they, still have for the playoffs, which obviously isn't happening. And, and we, we didn't really talk about that, but I mean, what, is, considering what was at stake tonight? I mean, mm-hmm. what a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, this team has now lost four straight. They've gone from, I mean the fourth quarter didn't matter tonight, but they've gone from being, you know, a clutch team to a team that, that is always a play short. Um, and, and let's not forget, like they were out coached. They were totally out coached tonight in every single way possible mm-hmm. in terms of of not getting Struggler into the game soon enough. When got a bid, they committed that penalty. Um, they, they had no creativity, they didn't react to anything the defense did. And then you see Doug Peterson over there reacting to what the defense is doing in real time and, and clearly having a, a game plan, a really good game plan for the Jets today. So um that like the coaching staff has some work to do because this was a huge dud in a big spot.
3: Mike LaFleur has a lot of questions to answer. We'll see what happens with him. As far as Mike White, Andy, it's my understanding based on what I heard from Dr. Stoller, who, of course, is a friend of this show and a 35 year orthopedic surgeon, that based on the nature of the injury, it would be a big surprise if Mike White is cleared to play and if he is safe to do so because it's different than the injury that Justin Herbert had earlier in the year. It could be something that could threaten his long-term health. Now, we'll find out more, and obviously Dr. Stoller hasn't seen Mike White's charts or anything like that, but just based on what's been described, it doesn't sound likely, especially now that, let's be honest, as you said, they're out of the playoff hunt. I don't know that they're going to be rushing to do it. So we'll find out soon enough. The game is in 10 days. Maybe Mike White gets another chance. Like you said, you would like for him to have another opportunity just because he played well And the fans and the players and the coaches were really responding to him, so you would like to see him be able to try to build on what he did the first three games that he started this season. Andy, let's go inside the locker room now, courtesy of our friends over at prizepicks.com and the PrizePicks app. When you go to prizepicks.com and the PrizePicks app, you pick two to six players against their PrizePicks player projections, and if they beat those PrizePicks player projections, you can win win. Up to 25 times the amount of money you put in I had been riding the hot hand with Garrett Wilson Unfortunately, his hot streak came to an end Not his fault He had 30 yards His projection was 51 Normally, he's been beating it every single week Not this time because the quarterback situation dictated that he just wasn't going to get the opportunity to do so. But I think there's a good chance that he's going to be able to beat his prize picks player projection again next week. We'll see what happens in terms of who's playing quarterback, but he's somebody that would still strongly consider in the game coming up against the Seattle Seahawks on New Year's Day. You don't have to play football, though, if you don't want to. You could do baseball, basketball, hockey, anything you want. It's all there at prizepicks.com. Use the promo code PLAJ when you make your first deposit, and they will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So if you put in 100 bucks, they match 100 bucks. Put in $50, bucks, they will match you 50 bucks. You don't play against anybody else, just the picks player projections. Use the promo code PLAJ when you sign up, and they'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Andy, take us inside the locker room.
2: Yeah, so we're talking pretty quickly uh, since we got out of the locker room, so I can only tell you what I saw and heard because I haven't had a chance to go back and, and listen and, and look at everything else. Um, Robert Sala, you, you, his explanation is what it is. I don't know what to tell you. Um, it doesn't make any sense. And he's obviously trying to protect Zach Wilson, but like, actually to speak louder than words, he rode with Chris Treveller left Zach Wilson sitting there after you know he got booed on the field, which I don't think I've ever seen before. Um, it it just is what it is, and and it, there should be no shame in admitting it. Like Zach Wilson admitted it; he wasn't good enough tonight. And um, Zach Wilson even said, "I understand why he kept he rolled the streller because he was moving the ball, and I wasn't." Um, but you know, Salah likes to control the message, and um, the message is not a good one right now because I mean, this is uh, like I I laid out the situation before; it's it's not a good situation, and um, like. I said, there's accountability to go around for everybody. Zach Wilson deserves the most because he hasn't been able to figure out how to make a simple throw. But Salah uh, deserves accountability for this. LaFleur deserves accountability for this. The receivers, everybody, the offensive line, obviously. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, I asked Salah what he said to, to Zach Wilson. He's told him to keep his head up and that it's not over for Zach. We haven't seen the last of him is what he said. Uh, when, when asked if, if Zach Wilson had improved since the benching he said he thinks he's getting better um and I don't even think zach Wilson would say that so it just is what it is I, and and Salah was asked about the playoff stuff and he said playoffs aren't the focus anymore like we we just basically got destroyed on national television and and we've lost four games in a row and we getting it fixed and, and playing better football is the focus now and Understandably so, because um, you know, in the last three plus weeks, they've squandered away any realistic chance of the playoffs, and and they don't look, um, they didn't look like a playoff team tonight. With, with given what was at stake and, and how badly they were outclassed in, in all three phases of the game, um, Zach Wilson admitted. Um, the other thing Salah said that was interesting is he he did admit that confidence is an issue and. Um, for Zach Wilson, and, and there is some concern about that. Um, and that's, that was so, that's so obvious that, that he couldn't not admit it. Um, and he said that, you know, he believes Zach Wilson will get through this because he has the right attitude, and he's going to work hard and focus on that and not on the things that are going wrong. Um, Zach Wilson, he said it was frustrating. The whole thing was frustrating. He kept trying to get momentum and confidence, and it just never happened. Um, he was asked if it was tough to be booed relentlessly and he said, yeah, it's tough, but he understands it because the fans came here to see an offense that can score some points and they didn't provide that. Um, he said about the competence thing that, you know, it's hard. I asked him, how do you, how do you keep positive when you don't have positive results? And, and he said, you know, it's hard, but I believe in myself. Um, and, and I'm just going to keep focusing on that and, and focusing on working hard and and, and all of that. Um, he didn't really say specifically what, you know, the issues were. Um, and he was asked, you know, he was asked if he wanted to go back in the game and what it felt like standing there on the sideline, watching a guy run the offense better than he did. And he said, uh, you know, it was tough, but it's not my call. And, and again, he said he understood it. So um, again, uh, I cannot imagine what tonight felt like for him and, even if you don't like Zach Wilson, and um, you pro- you have reasons not to, uh, you got to feel for a guy who's getting booed by thousands of people, and and, and it's being broadcast to a national audience. Um, uh, it's just tough. So then, and the actual locker room, um, you know, talked a little bit to Sauce Gardner, and said he doesn't know what happened on the on the ninety-six yard drive, but you know that that it was frustrating because they just kept moving the ball and. Uh, he didn't really have any answers for for what the issues were uh, on defense. Uh, Sheldon Rankins kind of summed it up best on that drive. He just said it, it sucked, or maybe use another word that's not as uh, you know radio friendly. even though I've already sworn, but he kind of says, had a long explanation and then succinctly <laughs> summed it up with with that. Um, to think of who else, Strebler was in the locker room. He, he said nobody told him he was coming out of the game, so he just stayed out there as long as he could and tried to make things happen. He said basically the first drive was all the plays that were in his package when he came in for the second drive. Um, that's when they started calling stuff that was just in a normal offense, and um, he did his best to execute it. Um, and then Connor McGovern, uh, basically said, it, you know, it's it's tough. You can't imagine what Zach Wilson felt tonight, and and it was tough to hear that. And uh, because a lot of work goes into this, but you know, he said that everybody on the entire team has has to be better, including himself. They haven't been good enough these last four games, and and obviously the results go to show that. Um, I will say it was telling and very interesting. None of the wide receivers were still in the locker room when the media was let in. Um, on a night when their quarterback got absolutely eviscerated by the fans. Um, No one was there to answer questions or say anything. Quinn and Williams, uh, a large group of media, was assembled around his locker. He walked right by them and out of the locker room, um, which is his prerogative. But, uh, you know, I I don't think that's – I don't – you know, we talk about leadership and, um, you know, we held Zach Wilson highly accountable for his lack of leadership and – it doesn't speak high to leadership when um, you know your team has had a terrible night in front of the whole country and, and you're not there to, to say anything about it. I know fans don't really care about who speaks and who doesn't in the locker room, but I, I promise you that players notice that kind of stuff and, and um, you know I think there's a difference between Garrett Wilson maybe not wanting to talk tonight because he is probably uh, afraid of what he would say because he, he has a problem with being a little too honest with us but and we'll cut Garrett a break because um, you know he's been there after every game and, and very candid but like Corey Davis not talking after that drop or not being there to talk Quinn Williams not who's supposed to be a leader on this team not saying anything after a game like this um, he'll probably talk tomorrow on a conference call or whatever i don't actually i don't think the players are even available on a conference call on friday but um, it's it just, I think other players notice that kind of stuff. And, and you saw DJ Reed, you saw Sauce by his locker. Um, you know, I, I just think that stuff does matter. So obviously it was a, um, you know, this locker room was disappointed and, and quiet vibe. Uh, I felt like it was a little bit different than some of the other games. Um, uh, you know, were, there was more devastation in Minnesota and, and Buffalo. It was a little different in there today. I think it was rather some resignation. To, to what their fate is now but yeah it was a it was a tough scene in the locker room and obviously a tough night for the jets
3: andy vasquez covering the jets for nj.com thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the jets terrible loss here to the jacksonville jaguars 19-3 at metlife stadium a loss that more or less for all intents and purposes, knocks them out of playoff contention. Really appreciate it. I know you've got plenty coming up and I would imagine that quite a bit of it is going to be about the QB position. What's happening over at NJ.com and how can people follow you on social media?
2: Yeah. um, Obviously we'll have full kind of recap of what was said in the locker room tonight and what Zach Wilson had to say, what Robert Sala had to say, what it all means moving forward. Um. And then we'll go from there. I mean, next week, they, they go to Seattle for a game that, that doesn't seem as uh, meaningful. It's not as meaningful anymore. Uh, but they have a huge question now at quarterback. And, and you know, I know th- this was not a good night, but if, if you look at the Jets and the overall arc of, of where they're headed, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. I still think, I mean, they have a lot of young quality players. Um, there, there's been signs that they can do this in meaningful games um or, or in meaningful situations i mean the games at the beginning of the season matter too and, and they they were they were good and, and i think you know the worry would be that they don't get scar tissue from from this stretch here and, and the stuff that happened against the patriots earlier in the year uh but you know the needles pointing up overall it's no guarantee that it's headed in that direction because we've seen it before But uh, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic and excited about this team moving forward, and and we're not going to forget that in our coverage. But the reality of the situation is uh, the Jets were in a great position to make the playoffs. They've lost four straight, and that's what it is. So that's what the coverage is going to be. So um, we'll take a realistic look at at what it all means for the future and what it means for right now.
3: Make sure you check out everything Andy's writing over at NJ.com and follow him on Twitter at Andy underscore Vasquez. Make sure you check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like A Jet YouTube channel. Some great all-22 breakdowns there. So watch our videos and subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash play like a jet. Visit our store, TeePublic.com. It's TeePublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, Bless You Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. TeePublic.com. That's TeePublic.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time. doesn't cost you anything goes along but help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast and content, you know where to go. That's play like a chat digital at Step into
0: the world of power, loyalty